verse 14 to verse 17. Let me get my notes here real quick. I'll be reading it in both Hmong and also in English. And so James chapter 2, verse 14 to verse 17, this is what it says. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. I'll be reading for from the Hmong Bible. It's Yakambo Chung Ong Okay. Tishinuchi God bless his word. God bless his word. And so we will be focusing on this Bible verse here today. And the topic that I want to talk about here is about being the church about being the church. How can we continue to be the church even though we're not able to come together to worship inside our church building? How can we still be able to continue to be the church during this difficult time, during this very difficult time? We're going through something like I said earlier today. Like I said earlier today, we're going through something that feels, to me at least, feels so surreal. It's something that I've never seen before. It's something that I've never experienced before. It's so different. We go to the stores and we see all these empty shelves at the stores. We see people buying up all these items. We see people hoarding all these items. Shelves are empty. Other people, they come in behind and they're not able to purchase these things anymore. All these empty shelves, it's, it's so puzzling sometimes. It's, it's, it sends a message to us sometimes of how we really are as human beings. That during difficult times, we often only think about ourselves. But we need to realize at this time we need to realize not only our own needs as Christians, but we also need to realize the needs of other people. You know, I read a story. I read a story online, a story about a father, a father who was walking through the aisle of a store with his four-month-old baby, and he was looking for formula everywhere, and the shelves were just empty, and he was not able to find anything. 
He was not able to find any formula for his baby. And he's walking through the aisle just weeping and just crying, not sure what to do. The other day, I saw a story on Facebook of a family having a cart full of toilet paper, you know. Everybody's buying up all these toilet papers. In the, in the Asian market, everybody's buying up all the rice, right? But the other day, I saw this. I saw this story. I saw this video of this family. They had a cart full of toilet paper. And, and there was another lady that just wanted one pack, just wanted one of them. And she came up and she wanted that one and she grabbed that one. And they started fighting her off and they were fighting over that one pack of toilet paper. They would not give it to her. We see all these stories throughout. We see all these stories throughout the country with people just fighting inside stores over all these supplies. And so we realize one thing, that in the end, no matter how civilized we are, no matter how civilized we believe that we have become, the heart of the human race has not changed. Many times our heart is still the same, just as it was 5,000 years ago, just as it was 1,000 years ago, just as it was since the beginning of time. The human heart is still the same. And we are still a fallen human race in need of a savior. And it shows during times like these. It shows because we often go out there to provide for ourselves and oftentimes we forget about others. We forget to consider the needs of other people. And so James is talking about this. James is talking about this for us. He wants us to start thinking about other people. And that's what I want us to do also, is I want us to start thinking about the needs of other people, not only our own personal needs, but also the needs of other people. And we also see through this pandemic of the coronavirus, we see people are getting sick everywhere. The most recent stats that I was able to um, find stated that there's over 300,000 cases worldwide already. Over 300,000 cases worldwide with nearly 12,000 deaths. And I got these, these stats from yesterday. And so today, this I, I imagine, I imagine that the statistics have changed. And here in the United States alone, we have 25,000 cases with more than 250 deaths. What a, what a difficult time it is for us. You know, we see people are losing their jobs. Many experts, many economic experts are predicting that we are going to go into a depression. Many are predicting that as many as 20% of Americans may lose their job. I had my neighbor yesterday when I was out there, we were mowing the lawn and my neighbor came over. My neighbor came over and he says, Chang, they just sent me home for two weeks. They just sent me home for two weeks and they say that they're going to pay us, but I don't know. I'm not sure if they're going to pay us. I'm kind of worried about my house. I'm kind of worried about what's going on. We have other people. I see other people on Facebook. 
I see other people telling me that they have lost their jobs or at least they're being sent home for two, three weeks, for a month or so. We see these people on Facebook posting up that they've lost their jobs or their, their company has closed down. Man, it is a depressing time. It is a terrible time. It is a scary, scary time. And like I said earlier, it feels so surreal. It's just like a scene from the movies when we go outside. No one's outside anymore. When we go outside, no one's outside. I see pictures of San Francisco. And the place, the city, is just empty. So what do we do? What do we do as Christians? How do we live out our faith during times such as these? You know, even though we are going through a time of great uncertainty, one of the things that we can always be certain of as Christians is the love of God. It is the love of God. And you and I, as Christians, we are an extension of that love. So even in a time and a place where such a disease, such a virus causes fear for people, it is our duty. It is our duty as Christians to provide them and to give them hope. You know, during such a time where people feel that they have fallen, that they've lost their jobs, that they, that they don't know what the future may hold. During a time like these, you and I, it is our duty to go out there and to remind them, to remind them that we too shall rise, that we too shall rise from this. And I believe we will be stronger in the end. We will be stronger than ever in the end because of this. I, I believe, I truly believe that God, through this, that God will bless us as a people, as a nation, as a globe. I want us to always remember that we are in this together. I know that at this time, with this virus going around, we see on the news and we see on Facebook and we see on all these social media that there is a rise in violence against Christians. I mean, against Asians. And we see that. We see that. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate for that. But I ask, I ask that we realize that we are one human race. And there, this is not a time for us to discriminate. It is not a time for us to separate ourselves from one another. But it is a time for us to reach out to one another. It is a time for us to engage each other. The best way that we know how. As an Asian myself, I pray for those people. I pray for those people that are causing violence against us. I pray for them. That God will open up their hearts to see the sin that they're committing in their own lives. I want to be able to just reach out to them and say to them that you are my brother, you are my sister. There is no excuse for this. There is no excuse for this because we are all in this together. And that's the beauty of Christianity. That's the beauty of the Christian faith is that it continues to remind us, unlike many other different religions where it separates us, unlike many other religions that separates us, 
The Christian faith reminds us over and over again that in Christ there is no Jews, there is no Greek, there are no Gentiles. That in Christ there is but one human race. And we are all in this together. And that is the message that we need to send out. Even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of violence that's being committed to us, especially as Asians, even in that midst, that we must continue to love and we must continue to engage people. We must continue to educate people about the struggles and the experience of being an Asian American. And so I pray, I pray that we'll be able to do this, that all this stuff, all this negativity that we see is going to turn into something that is positive for us. Just as Joseph says, that even the things that we as men, even the things that we do for evil, God can take that and turn it into something for good. And I believe that. I truly believe that. And so here James is saying here in verse 14 through verse 17, here in the epistle of James, the brother of Jesus Christ is saying here, in verse 14, he uses a rhetorical question for us. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Well, he is using a rhetorical question here in this verse to wake us up, to get us to think, to get us to think of what we are going through, to get us to think of our faith. What is our faith all about? We have to remember that James is writing to an early first century Jewish Christian group who were living through persecution by their own government. They were being persecuted after the death of Stephen. They were being persecuted and they were spread out and they were going through many trials. And that's why James opened up the book saying that, you know, consider these things as pure, pure joy. Because, because these trials are going to make you stronger. These things that you are going through is going to make you stronger. You're going to persevere. You're going to go through it, and it's going to build your character. It's going to build your faith. And then here in the second chapter of the epistle of James, he's asking us this rhetorical question to wake us up, to get us to really think about our faith and what is our faith all about. Is it just an abstract thing? Is it something that is simply in our hearts? But James is saying, no, that's not the case here. That's not the case here at all. But what the Christian faith is all about, James is trying to prove to us, and he's trying to show us here that the Christian faith is about action. It is the faith and action. Being a Christian, being a Christian, you your faith must result in deeds. James is not saying that we are saved because of these deeds. No, that's not the point that James is saying. But what James is saying is that if you really do have the saving faith, if you really do have the salvation that comes from God, this grace that comes from God, it will, it will be evidence in the things that you do. These things, these things will provide action. For other people to see. And so that is the Christian faith. 
So that's how we live out our Christian faith during difficult times such as these. Because these people that James was writing to, the audience that James was writing to, they themselves were going through difficult times, okay? They themselves were going through difficult times. And James is telling them, help each other through this time. He gives us a scenario here in verse 15. He says that suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. Well, what are you going to do about it, right? Are we going to say, well, I can't help them because I don't have enough for myself. Are we going to say that? Are we going to say I can't help them because I need these things for myself? Are we going to say that? Or are we going to do what James is telling us to do here, what, what the Word of God is teaching us here, that we are going to exercise our faith by helping other people? With the faith knowing that God will provide for us as we help each other, as we reach out to each other, that through this, that we will continue to receive the blessings of God. That's one thing we need to consider, guys. That's one thing we really need to think about. How many times we go out there and we gather all these things for ourselves. But we may have the elderly, the elderly who may be among us in our community, in our church. Some of them, some of them may not be able to go out to shop for themselves. Some of them may not be able to go out to shop for the supplies that they need. What are we going to do about it as the church? What are we going to do about it as Christians? We should be the ones. We should be the ones that are providing for them. We should be the ones that will go out there with them and help them shop for these supplies. Provide them enough supplies for at least the next three to four weeks. Help them out. If there's no supplies anymore, we have some supplies that maybe we've bought too much. And it's at home. It's a good time. It is a good time for us to share that with them. It's a good time for us to bring some of that over to them. We have children. We have infants who are in need. Children who, you know, I went shopping the other day. Went to Walmart. Went to uh, food for less, I guess, or, or, or something. I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't shot for a while. So, uh, Winkle, okay. Food Max. I went to these stores. I, I was just trying to look for, um, for some milk for my grandson. All the milk was gone. All the milk was gone. Fortunately, I was able to drive by the gas station and I found some milk at the gas station. You know, maybe we have a few gallons of milk in our fridge or something. Maybe we have an extra gallon of milk in our fridge. And there's a child out there. There's a child in the community. There's a child in the church that is in need of this. We can share that. We can share that. This is how we continue to live as the church. This is how we continue to be the church, even when we're not able to gather together in the building. Wherever we are, that is where the church is. And so I pray that we will start thinking about all these people. I pray that we'll start thinking about the needs of other people. 
and that our faith will be a faith in action. Let us not wait for the pastor. Let us not wait for the politicians. Not, let us not wait for the government to do their thing. They have their role. They have their role and they will do their thing. But for us, let us take upon this responsibility to really help each other out. Let us pray for those who are losing their jobs. Let us pray for those who have been sent home for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Some of them are uncertain. They don't know. They don't know whether or not they're going to get paid. They have mortgages. Some of them have rent. They have car payments. They have bills. Utility bills. All these things. Let us pray for them. Let us help them as a church in any way that we can. This is how we live out our faith. This is how this is a faith that is act in action. This is how we continue to be the church during these difficult, difficult times. And so James is saying, or the word of God here in James, it is saying, and it is teaching us that if we can't do these things, man, if we can't do these things, then all we are, or we're just talking about God all the time. We're just talking about, you know, doing good all the time. We're praying all the time. We're doing all these things all the time. We're saying things all the time. We're saying good things all the time. And yet there is no deeds. We can't go out there and help people. Then you know what? Our faith is useless. Christianity is useless. Our faith is already dead. That's what James is saying. Excuse me. Sorry about that. And so our faith must be a faith in action. James says a chapter earlier, he says that do not merely just listen to the word of God, okay? Just don't listen to it. Because if you just listen to it and don't do anything, then all you're doing is you're deceiving yourselves. But what must you do? You must do what it says. And the scriptures continue to call us to look out for widows, to look out for orphans, to look out for the poor. It's our duty as Christians. It's our duty as the church. This is a time also for us to really, really come together as a family and to kind of re, to just reprioritize the things in our life. You know, I know, I know that myself uh, for the past 10, 15 years, a lot of times we've been working so much. I've been working so much. A lot of times I don't have the time to spend with my kids. I don't have the time to spend with my children, with my wife. I always tell the story that, you know, one day Simon was born, the next day he was like 18 years old already. Time sure flies by. And many times we, we get so busy in our lives. And so this, this virus comes and it slows everything down. And instead of being able to go out there to go to work, now we have to stay home. We have to stay home with our family. We have to stay home with our kids. We have to stay home with our wife. It is a time for us to really just spend that time with them, to really learn how to prioritize the things of life, to think again about what is the most important things in our lives. Family, right? Family, 
the very most important thing in our life, our family, our children, our friends, the relationship that we have with people. And so turn something like this, something so negative like this, let's turn it into something positive. Let's turn it into something that's good for us. And so the message for us today is that we must continue to be the church, no matter where we are at. And how do we do this? We need to put our faith into action. Okay? Put our faith into action. Let's just not talk about it. Let's just not pray about it. But let's actually roll up our sleeves and do the job. Put our faith into action by helping those who are in need. Maybe some of those are your parents who are elderly. Maybe some of those are the elderly within our church. And some of those are the elderly within our community. Let us help them. Let us help them and all, let us help the children. Okay, especially, you know, the children, those who, you know, I, I worry so much for those children, those the infants. I worry so much for them. Let us help them. Let us help their parents. Let us continue to trust in the Lord even when we are going through these tough times, knowing that this too shall pass, that this too shall pass, and God will lead us through this. Every time we go through something like this, every time we go through, through difficult times like these, we must always remember that Christ has already won. Christ is already victorious. He has defeated death. And this too will be defeated. And we will find peace. And like I said earlier, we will rise. We will be much, much stronger than ever before. And so I pray for all of you. I pray for all of you. And my, my thoughts and my prayers are with all of you. You know, my phone is, is right here. Okay, my phone is right here. Whatever needs that you may have, call me at any time of the day. I do encourage you to do that. And I'll be calling many of you too, just to find out how you're doing. Okay? Let us pray together. God, we thank you so much for this time of worship. We thank you so much for your words. We pray that in this time of difficulty, that we will be able to continue to be the church and that we will be able to put our faith into action and we'll be able to go out there and help people. We pray that during this time that we don't only think about ourselves, but that we will also consider the needs of other people. So we lift everyone up to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, well, um, you know, we we do have tithing and offerings and uh, things like that. But like I said earlier today, um, please do send, you know, for those of you who are still able to, please do feel free to send your tithe and your offerings to our, our church address. And you can message me or call me for that the church address if you don't have that. Okay. And so we'll... Um, I'll, I'll still go over there to the church to see the church to see see if well, we get any mails and things like that. And so feel free to send your tithe and your offerings for that. Okay. And so uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you so much, everybody, for being here um, today. I hope that this message and this time of worship is, is able to give you some peace as we go through this time. I am. Um, 
we will get out of it. Okay, we will get out of it and we, we will be better than ever. And so I hope to see you guys again next week. We'll be back here again, here at this this channel. And uh, there's a lot of things that I'm still trying to learn about, you know, a live streaming. And there's a lot of apps that, I, that I've downloaded that I want to be able to use um, for this, that, that will make this much better. But uh, um, in the meantime, you know, We'll, be, we'll do what we can. We'll do what we can. And so I do ask all of you to join us once again next Sunday at 1030 a.m. for worship. And so God bless, and I'll see you again.